Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to this morning's book reading entitled When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. We continue on page 75, Dar al-Arkam. First, the Prophet, peace be upon him, began using the house of Arkham, bin Abi al-Arkam, as a secret center for prayer, preaching, education, and training. Arkham's house was ideally located at the foot of Mount Safa, only a short walk from the Kaaba and its bustling crowds. The pagans who lived in the area, therefore, did not take notice of the many people who gathered in Arkham's house. The Prophet, peace be upon him, would meet his companions there and recite verses of the Qur'an to them, which they would then memorize. These arrangements allowed the early Muslims to learn the essential tenets of Islam and perform prayers in secret without incurring the wrath of their neighbors or other family members who had not converted. As for the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, he continued to perform his prayers in the open for all to see. In the face of persecution, insults and harassment, he kept preaching the message of Islam to everyone he met. It was the wisdom and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the Prophet, peace be upon him, never refrained from carrying on with his mission, even under extremely adverse conditions. Because of his efforts, no soul will be able to argue on the Day of Judgment that Allah did not send a messenger to warn those who were astray and to show them the straight path. The next step the Prophet, peace be upon him, took was aimed at preserving the Muslim community from increasing belligerence. He had heard much about the king of Abyssinia, who was known to be a just Christian ruler, one who would allow no persecution in his land. The Prophet, peace be upon him, directed the Muslim community to migrate to Abyssinia and to take shelter there. The first batch of Muslims migrated in the month of Rajab, five years after Muhammad, peace be upon him, had become a prophet. Twelve men and four women made the journey across the Red Sea. Uthman bin Affan, radiallahu an, was the leader of the group, accompanied by his wife Ruqayya, one of the Prophet's daughters. The voluntary exile marked the first instance of a family migrating for religious reasons since the time of Ibrahim and Lut, salam. Late one night, the small group of immigrants slipped out of Makkah and made their way to Shaiba, a port south of Jeddah. Fortunately, two cargo ships were present there. The group boarded a ship and sailed to Abyssinia. There they found the refuge they needed until Allah made it safe for them to return to Makkah. When the Quraysh found out that a group of Muslims had fled, they erupted in anger. They swiftly sent some men to bring them back to teach them a lesson that they would recant their faith. However, the Quraysh reached the coast too late. The Muslims had already made their way out to sea. Tired and disappointed, the Quraysh returned to Makkah to begin plotting their next move. About two months after the migration to Abyssinia, the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to the Kaaba. A large number of the Quraysh were present, and their chieftains and noblemen were sitting among them. The chapter or surah of the Quran called Al-Najm had only recently been revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Suddenly, the Prophet rose before the Quraysh and began reciting the verses of Surah Al-Najm. The Quraysh kept silent. No one there had ever heard such powerful words. They were bewildered. Muhammad, their sworn enemy, was standing before them reciting, and they were left powerless. No one could stand to make him stop, and none could even ridicule him. 
The Prophet, peace be upon him, reached the closing verse and prostrated, putting his head to the ground in worship of Allah, Lord of the Universe. As Allah says in Surah 53, Chapter 62, prostrate before Allah and worship Him. Miraculously, all of the Quraysh were so overcome by the recitation that they prostrated along with Him. Ibn Mas'ud, an, a companion of the Prophet, peace be upon him, reported that one of the Quraysh present that day, Umayyah bin Halaf, took a handful of dust and rubbed it on his forehead, saying, This is enough for me. Ibn Mas'ud would later see Umayyah killed during the Battle of Badr. News of how the Quraysh had prostrated after hearing the Prophet, peace be upon him, recite verses from the Qur'an reached the Muslims in Abyssinia. It was rumored that the Quraysh had accepted Islam. Joyfully they left Abyssinia and set sail for Arabia. Once they were just outside Makkah, however, they discovered that nothing had changed. The Quraysh was still opposed to Islam and Makkah was still a hostile territory. Disappointed, some decided to return to Abyssinia, while others entered Makkah and found shelter with some sympathetic non-Muslims. The prostration at the close of Surah al-Najm had left the Quraysh looking weak. This loss of strength had to be counted with increased hostility, or people would think they had become convinced of the truth of Muhammad's message. Therefore, they began to intensify the persecution of the Muslims. Furthermore, the Quraysh were growing jealous of the hospitality the king of Abyssinia had extended to the Muslim immigrants in his country. They resolved to match his kindness to the Muslims with hostility. For reasons of safety, the Prophet, peace be upon him, decided to again have a group of Muslims migrate to Abyssinia. Eighty-two or eighty-three men and eighteen women got themselves ready for the journey. This time, of course, it would not be easy for them to slip past the Quraysh, but they managed to flee Makkah without the enemies noticing. And that's where we leave our book reading for today. We're reading from the book, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet, peace be upon him. The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.